This is a Squiz podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 18th of January. In your Squiz today, quarantine challenges for the Australian Open, some cautious questions on the Pfizer vaccine, President-elect Joe Biden's to-do list, and actress Betty White's big birthday plans. This is your Squiz today. Organising any kind of sporting event with international competitors during COVID was always going to be a challenge, and Australian Open organisers are being tested right off the bat. Five people involved in the tournament have now tested positive to COVID, which has triggered further isolation protocols for close contacts, which includes anyone else who was on their specially chartered flights, which means there are now 72 players who will be confined to their room for 14 days and not allowed out for the normal five hours of practice time. Yeah, straight off the tennis racket even. Yeah, that's That's true. Mixed sporting metaphors this morning. (laughs) That's what's happened is these players and also other non-playing participants have come in on about 12 charter flights. Three are affected. As you can imagine, many of those aren't really that happy about the situation. Some say that these are new rules that have been sprung on them. Others say that they understood the rules when they came here, that this was a possibility. It means that They've had to find some novel ways to train. There's a good link to that in the email today. But Aussie Open organiser Craig Tiley agrees that it's not great. He says that the pandemic generally means that it's not an ideal situation for anyone, but they've got to do their part and just deal with the hand that's been dealt them. Looking a bit wider, Claire, there's a bit of discussion about the fact that all of these people are coming into the country, many from high-risk countries, all while Victorian residents are still some stranded interstate because of closed New South Wales borders and let alone those international Australians who are trying to get home. There has been plenty of that sentiment since those flights started to arrive on Thursday last week. As you say, there are still many Victorians who can't get home with that hard border with New South Wales that was put in place in the new year. And also with the number of international arrivals into New South Wales, Queensland and Western Australia temporarily halved last week, there's been a lot said about what our government is doing to get Australians home. Over the week, and Simon Birmingham, who's acting foreign minister at the moment, announced another 20 repatriation flights that will take passengers into the Howard Springs facility in the Northern Territory, also into hotel quarantine in Canberra and Tasmania in response to that. There's about 40,000 Australians overseas still trying to get home. While we're on COVID, Norway has reported a small number of deaths amongst older people who've received the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine and suffered side effects. Australia has 10 million doses of this vaccine on order, and so health officials are asking for some more information from Norway. Yeah, Norwegian health authorities have reported 30 deaths amongst elderly people who were vaccinated with that Pfizer vaccine. There's also been deaths recorded in Germany, about 10 there. That's led our government to ask more questions about what has happened there. They're looking for more information from Europe's medicines agency. What our health minister, Greg Hunt, has said is that as the Therapeutic Goods Authority, Australia's regulator, is still probing those vaccines, that information will be very helpful as they get to the bottom of approving that vaccine for use. It's meant to start to roll out from mid to late February. 
On Saturday, the world passed 2 million COVID deaths, a huge milestone, a heart-wrenching milestone, according to United Nations boss Antonio Gutierrez. Over to US politics and Joe Biden and his team are certainly planning to hit the ground running after his inauguration this Wednesday. He's outlined a plan for his first 10 days in office, focusing in on four big areas, Claire. Yep, they're the coronavirus crisis, the economic downturn that's come as a result of that, also climate change and racial inequality. What Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain, has done is sent a memo to incoming advisers and to administration movers and shakers to get them focused on those things. Of course, on day one, what Joe Biden has promised to do is to uh, bring in a range of executive orders that undo a lot of Donald Trump's most controversial policies. He's really getting out of the blocks very quickly. They include moves to rejoin the Paris Climate Agreement, to mandate mask wearing for interstate travel and on federal property, among others. It's going to be a big week. Washington, D.C. is in lockdown ahead of the inauguration and the National Guard is standing by in several key cities in case of further pro-Trump unrest. Over to Qatar now, and an Australian father and son have been released after being held and allegedly tortured for five months. They were arrested back in July and have been held since then without any charges laid. And what his family say is that they don't know that the Department of Foreign Affairs and our government has done enough to advocate for them and to secure their release. There might be some more details on that later. But they've moved to Turkey. That's where the daughter and sister Mariam lives. They've got some recovery time there. The claim is that Lukman Talib uh, and his son Ismail were hurled, as you say, including in situations where torture might have been involved. Lukman was head of the Department of Public Health at Qatar University. The Department of Foreign Affairs said that they had been providing them consular assistance but didn't provide any more detail. In a quick look at the weather, a Category 1 cyclone is expected to make landfall in Queensland today between Port Douglas and Innisfail. Yeah, that's Cyclone Kimmy. She's definitely asking the residents between Cairns <laughs> and Port Douglas to look at Mo. More so <laughs> fingers crossed that isn't that destructive. It's a Category 1, as you say, at the moment. It could get a little bit heavier. That whole area, though, has seen a lot of rain in the last few weeks, so there's concerns that flooding could happen rather quickly. And speaking of the weather, the World Meteorological Society has confirmed that 2020 joined 2016 and 2019 as one of the hottest years on record. Secretary General of the UN has said it's a stark reminder of the relentless pace of climate change. In entertainment news, the manager of In Excess, Chris Murphy, has died aged 66. He's credited with taking the Sydney band from pub gigs all the way to international rock stars. Yeah, he was in his mid-20s when he took over In Excess's management. He was not really all that keen at the start, but he really did it on the basis, as you say, that he could take them internationally. And he did that by securing them American recording contracts. And of course, they became the band 
that we know now as having some really huge hits, not just here in Australia, but right around the world and were one of the few Aussie bands of that era that were Mm. able to crack the US and have some number one hits there. Definitely becoming a hugely iconic Australian band. Also, music producer Phil Spector died on the weekend aged 81. He was considered one of the most influential figures in popular music, responsible for producing tracks like Tina Turner's River Deep, Mountain High, the Righteous Brothers' Unchained Melody and the Beatles' last album, Let It Be. Wrapping up, Claire, did you know for the day, 86% of Chinese citizens share just 100 surnames. In a country of 1.3 billion people, that's a lot of crossover. It is, and in fact, a third of the population shares just five surnames. So uh, when you compare them to America, uh, which has 6.3 million surnames in circulation, in total, China has just 6,000. So it's a really interesting part of yeah, families and family structures and how we all grow up. Yeah, we'll pop a link to that in your episode notes. It's a pretty interesting one. And Claire, if we squeeze the day today, Monday the 18th of January, what's something to take note of? Look, my pick today is that it's a birthday for former Prime Minister Paul Keating. And interestingly enough, his favourite song apparently is Long and Winding Road, which was one of Phil Spector's hits for the Beatles. Speaking of birthdays, actress Betty White celebrated her 99th birthday. She celebrated large. She celebrated with hot dogs and fries and she says that she can now stay up as late as she wants to without asking permission. That's what getting to 99 does for you. <laughs> she's a she's an international treasure, Betty White. She's really kicked on in that later part of her career, much to her credit. That's all from us today. Have a good one, have a good Monday and we will be back with you tomorrow. The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast where your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com.au. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super, one of Australia's most awarded super funds. It can be hard to know where the best place to grow your super is, but with awards like CanStar's Outstanding Value three years in a row and Money Magazine's 2024 Ultra Long Term Performance, Aware Super's 1.1 million members can be confident their super is in good hands. Visit aware.com.au forward slash awards to find out more. Awards are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website. Yeah.